Hey, 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 good morning, everybody. How is it going? We got Dave Braven right there with a comment. Um, uh, welcome to the Gospel of Two Wheels, where the coffee is sadly not here, but the bikes are still fast, and your comments are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I am currently waiting on Brian to join the uh, interview here. Tom Bean, what's going on? Uh, I literally came skidding in here just now because I woke up, I didn't feel that great, headache, whatever, and uh, was kind of lazing around a little bit, and then couldn't find my keys, and now we're here. All right, Woody is coming in. One second. There we go. Got to bring him in. Get the Woodrow. There's Woodrow. Hey, I am disconnecting my headphones from this thing so that I can connect them to my computer because headphones are important. Yeah, so we are... Uh, I'm, I'm about as organized as you are this morning, apparently. Yeah, it's all going real well. Like, oh, man, yeah. I woke up with a relatively splitting headache. That was awesome. And uh, and then couldn't find my keys. So it was <laughs> it was lovely. What is up, Smiley? Well, where were they? Where were they, Keys? So that's a great question, and uh, it, it's just not on me this time. They were underneath folded laundry. Uh-oh. It was uh -oh, not my folded laundry and not laundry that I folded. <laughs> so, but whose keys are they? Oh, well, yeah, they were my Morgan. keys, but they were set in a place <laughs> that was easy to find until the laundry got set on top of them. So uh -huh, uh -huh. they were and on here table. We are. Yeah, we'll take. I'll take a little bit of responsibility, but not too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah it was. Hansen is somebody that's been commenting on some of the Instagram posts lately. Smiley, if that's you, tell me. Tell me if it is or not on some of the seat time stuff. Yeah, that's definitely him. I'm sure, and he is. That is, I, I'm sure it is. We'll check in, but that's Justin Hansen from Paso Robles, California. Mm. Bryce Davis, Ryan Osborne, what is up? Daniel Malone, there he is. Um, so, uh, Woodrow, how you doing, man? Dude, we are in. I, I'm, I'm excited, right? But I'm also disappointed because of the fact that we're moving. Uh, yeah. We're we're officially downsizing. The beginning of trying to save to move to Colorado has begun. So we're selling our house and we're downsizing. We're uh, so that we can start saving and hopefully, like in two years, get ourselves to Colorado. But I'm also sad because I'm like missing everything that I would normally do right during this time period because my birthday is this weekend. I turned 44 and the past couple of years are on my birthday. I've been going to the Shady Borough. San Isabel's happening. I'm not able to make that because of the move. Death March is coming up, but because of other things, like I don't think I'm going to have the time off and the money because of the move. And it's like, ah, uh, so it's great that stuff like that is happening because it's moving us forward towards the goal of getting money to move to Colorado but it's also like taking away from all of the Colorado-ness right now. So it's like, ah. Yeah, that's all right, though. It's a long game, right? You're playing the long game. It is. It very much is the long game. Is part of the downsizing cutting your hair? I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's much shorter now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, I know. I was like, wow, look at Woody. He's all cleaned up, looking good, it's because his hair won't fit in the new, smaller house. <laughs> My head's just gotten so big. My yeah. ego is so big now that it's like it wouldn't fit in the helmet anymore, so I had to figure that out. <laughs> uh, looks like Nate uh, Looney is asking, did Cole approve of your ride brain? <laughs> Not yet. Um, I just posted that, so we'll see. We'll see. I like I like posting that kind of stuff because I had so much great information from Cole. So in the long run, he, anybody can judge me accordingly, right? But we are looking for what Cole thinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is the most important one. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the counter shocks. You just did the video. You just did some writing. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. So I'd had it on there for a couple rides, but in the long run, I really wanted to do a, 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 a find a spot that I could easily take it off and on. So I just left the front number plate off. I could do a quick little loop, take it off and on. And it was rocky and it was a trail that I could attack. And honestly, I really could tell a difference in the directional ability to hold a line, but then also like some of the small chatter. And then two, 
it, it wasn't a spot where it felt like I had really hard hits. Um, so it was tough to know on that regard, but I could tell that it felt like I had better traction kind of at the handlebars. I know that may sound weird, um, but yeah, I really do think it made a difference. And I did try it in that more rocky terrain for the, for the deflection purposes. Um, yeah. And I really do feel like it kind of like tamed it down so that I could be a little bit more in control to what people have said. And, and I've noticed Nathan as well mentioned this, that over long periods of time, it also helping with arm pump and it helping with rider fatigue. It's tough. It's going to be tough for me to probably speak to that too much just because I have a Mako 360 on. And it's like the, I've had the Mako 360 for those reasons. So having a counter shock on a Mako 360, like maybe it's going to also add to that. But um, so maybe at some point there, there needs to be a remove the Mako 360 and just use the counter shock and kind of like really fine tune that that piece. But um, yeah, nice. I I I tell Nate that he he honestly dropped the ball on naming it. I thought he should have called it El Mano de Dios because it's like the hand of God holding your motorcycle <laughs> steady as you come through things. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You're right. Like it really does just kind of give like a little. I mean, even if you want to call it like five percent, like it really does make a big difference in those yeah. those chattery, more rocky areas. Yeah, no, totally. And it's funny because I actually had mine off of my new 300. Uh, I've got mine off of my old 300 because I have a chainsaw on the front and it just doesn't work with the mount. And But the chainsaw is like a huge counter shock so, with gas and oil bouncing up. The uh, um, so it, Yeah, but yours is not a tuned mass damper. Yours no, is it's just not. A mass, it's, yours is just a mass. It's a mass <laughs> damper and cutter, if, if yeah. wielded correctly. There it is. Yes. Or incorrectly. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but uh, um, but I took it off of my uh, new bike to go to the Hard Enduro because I was trying to lighten that thing up as much as possible because I knew I'd have to pick it up a lot of times. <laughs> and so I was trying to like, I put the small gas tank on. I took a bunch of stuff off. I took the counter shocks off. Uh, and I also, and Nate and I have talked a lot about it. I don't think that in that really slow stuff, it makes much of a difference like that. Right. It, it's so I just figured it was dead weight. Well, I had not put that back on yet. Uh, and I went to Washington and got into some really oh, choppy, yeah. loose stuff. And I'm like, huh, man, the front of this bike just doesn't feel that good. I wonder what's, and I'm like, ah, I forgot to put my counter shocks back on. So that will be going huh. on. It's here, actually, right here. Uh, very, All right, come on, give, it, give us, you got to give us a shake weight demo. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I'm not going to lie. I had so much fun making that video when I when uh, I was like, I needed to, I don't know. I was trying to come up with something fun to do. And so I just, you know, me dancing around the, dancing yeah. around the garage with the shake weight or the <laughs> counter shock in this case. I, I was like, okay, I can, I, I can, I can do this. I feel like I really want Trey and Matt of uh, South Park to make a new episode with the counter shocks. Cause it would be so good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you need to send that to Enduro memes and then they can like screenshot, you know, that and just put the counter shock in there. And then that way we have it for our own purposes. Yeah. They're, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Uh, let me see. I had a few people here. Uh, let's see. Roku Abtor, Weeby Racing. That is coming up, by the way, quick. Uh, August 20th, we will be having a test tune and train day out in the Grand Junction Desert. If you guys want to come out, uh, I'll be set up with all my suspension stuff. Not like doing like valving, but like things to set clickers, check sag, get all that good stuff, get you dialed in. Uh, and then we'll be riding the area that is going to be the race. I don't know what the race course is, obviously, but we'll be riding the area. So we'll have hopefully give us all a little bit of a hometown advantage. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be fun. Barnado, J-Lo, Rich Pierce, James Narkill, Wes Dietz, and Gordon Stimmel, what is up? It's good to see you guys. Um, Woody, what else is going on in your life right now that you want to talk about dirt bike-wise? Dude, um, I don't know if you – I know a couple people have mentioned – I've seen their comments on some of the, the content that I've been putting out, but I thought it was really interesting that after Southwick going into Millville, how many people – how many racers talked about how smoked they still were from 
Southwick at Millville. And I, I like know that I put out a very absolute black and white statement, but I feel like you have to do that sometimes on short form content to just get people's attention. And I truly do believe, especially for these guys that are professional racers, 32 weeks into their season, the cumulative effect of what their body has gone through, like recovery has to be the most important thing that happens between these races. And if they're coming back and riding on a Monday when they're just absolutely smoked and not paying attention to how they sleep, how they eat, how they hydrate, and then prepare for the next weekend that they're doing themselves and their ability to race the next weekend a huge disservice and it's been interesting to get so much agreement so much pushback but then also so much good conversation around it as well um and it goes to show just how interesting the internet is and the way that people can respond um, cause some people are just straight up assholes. Oh, like, yeah. it is so funny, dude. Like, um, but again, like I know that that specific piece of content was, it, it was crafted in a way to be, to be very, um, absolute and there are no absolutes in life. Do you know what I mean? So right. it's tough to, it's tough to do that, but it's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Wes Dietz wants to know, do you do cold plunges? I don't, I don't have a cold plunge. Here's the thing. So it depends on where, why, and how you're going to want to do them. So you'll, it, it's a mental thing. Like that's the deal. So if you're kind of someone that is like, Hey, like, I wonder if I could be better at doing hard things. Like that's where a cold plunge is going to come in because you get into 40, 50 degree water. Like it doesn't sound that big a deal, but considering the fact that our body is almost a hundred degrees, that is a huge shift. And to be able to just dunk yourself in there and sit there for four or five minutes that's all up here right it's it's learning breathing techniques and being able to handle hard things you don't want to do a cold plunge or a cold shower after you work out because you actually want your body temperature to stay warm because if you were to like getting a cold plunge after you work out all of your capillaries are going to shrink and your blood flow is going to stop and so all of the pieces and parts that you want to happen for recovery are going to immediately stop so don't do cold plunges or cold showers after you train if you want the aspects of all the blood flow to do all of the things you want them to do to gain the things you're trying to gain right i feel like the <laughs> cold a lot of a lot of the benefit of a cold plunge is one of my favorite uh, phrases is being comfortable, being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. like getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. That is what all the true badasses of this world are, right? Like they're all, they're all like lean into uncomfort, like the, the suck, you know, they embrace the suck, right? They're just like, yeah, yeah, I like this, you know? <laughs> well, if there's a great book, um, and I read it right before you and I kind of met for the first time in person in 2021, um at shady borough it's called the comfort crisis um it's written by michael easter and if anybody's kind of on board with that uh, and maybe you don't read books maybe you're audiobook person whatever one it's a phenomenal read but two it really goes into the concept of how the world the, our society because we're first world right but even some of the second and third world countries have just over comforted them themselves and so we're always now just chasing comfort instead of uncomfort and he goes into how the research is coming out that we're essentially like totally screwing ourselves over. Um, and it's in, it's, it's in the long run, he comes to the same conclusion of what you just said. We should be learning and training and finding ways to make ourselves more comfortable being uncomfortable. It's yeah. a good book. Yeah, I, I got to check that out. So Ronnie, why are we not racing San Isabel? Woody's not racing because he's in the midst of moving and craziness. I'm not racing it because I will be in Montana <gasps> fishing with my dad. You're not. Eat oh, that sucks. I didn't even realize you weren't going. Yeah, no, I'm. I, uh, it, I was so bummed because my trip with my dad is my kids and my dad. So my boys and I are flying to Missoula, Montana to fish with my dad, which is definitely way more important than a motorcycle race. Um, but I had everything planned to be able to do that and race San Isabel and race Shady Burrow. But when they canceled Shady Burrow and moved San Isabel, it fouled it all up because like they were going to be split like, and I was going to be able to do that. Cause they, I don't think there was going to be a race on that weekend uh, until Shady Burrow canceled. 
So, yeah. Anyway, that's why I'm not racing, and Woody's busy doing my things. So, uh, Oh, look, Ronnie's in here, too. Another Texas guy. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's <laughs> but that's going to be cool, dude. I'm Montana. I have not yeah. been to Montana yet, and oh, really? my gosh, I want to oh. go so bad. Dude, Montana is awesome. It's it's uh, it's funny because Missoula is is a big town, right? It's I think it's a hundred thousand people, maybe more. Uh, University of Montana, I think, is there, or is, or is it Montana State? Anyway, one of the big colleges in Montana is there, so it's a huge town. And the joke from the <laughs> the locals there is that the best thing about Missoula is that it's fifteen minutes from Montana. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but. It's it's an amazing place because the rivers. I mean, as a fly fisherman, especially Missoula is like it's where the river runs through. It, it was written about and all that. Um, it's also there's these huge rivers with huge trout in them everywhere. Um, so it's yeah, it's a cool state. And then it you know it's also cool because it borders right up against Idaho. So we've got all that awesomeness in one area. It's it's rad. Yeah. That's so cool. I got to respond to these really quick. Yeah, if you're yeah. competing at the level of need, fast recovery could be helpful too. So the reason that you see in motocross, the guys get in those water tanks, that's to bring their core body temperature down. That has unfortunately, like, so again, as we talked about like blood capillaries and everything, even if you, it's just to get their temperature down so that they can then start to get ready for the next thing. It actually is going to not aid in recovery because of that. But that's why they're doing that. When is the best time to do a cold plunge? Honestly, as long as you're not about to go, if you're about to go work out or you're about to be in an area where you really need to focus, a lot of the times a cold plunge would be great to do early in the morning um, because of everything that's going to be happening when it comes to the mental stimulation that you're going to be getting from that cold plunge. I think that those are some interesting ones to think about. So again, if you're wanting to focus on recovery and you're wanting your body to have as much ability to do its natural processes for recovery. You don't want to get in the cold right after a workout. Um, dang it. There was something else that I saw in there that I had a thought on. Anyway, it'll come to me. I'm sorry to jump around so much, but um, I kind of just, I like to, I like to get the little nuggets of we weirdness that's in my head out when I can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Cause it, you know, dude named Eric uh, says, you know, when's the best time I find, I haven't been doing it recently because I've been lazy and I've been I've been softening myself. I need to get back after it. We um, we can tell more yeah, than we can tell. I know. I know. Well, I was late here. <laughs> the uh um but I like I like taking a cold freaking shower first thing in the morning. Not only does it wake you up <laughs> and get you rolling, but then like West West said, if you suffer like that for a little while, and then you get, you know, feel good. It does make you feel mentally like I got every, I got this under control. Yeah. Right? Like the rest yep. of the life is okay. I love that. Oh, yeah. it was the soreness. So it was, uh, the next day, like that's actually one of the things that I talked about when I was like my four buckets of recovery is blood flow. So if you're sore, that's okay, right? That's inflammation. That is the body literally recovering itself and going and repairing those tissues. But blood flow is a great thing to think about when you have a sore joint or maybe your entire body is sore, right? So think of things that would be active recovery in that. Even if you do some air squats, you're doing some big hugs with your arms. You're just wanting to get blood flow through those areas because your body wants more oxygenated blood there. Again, not to get deep into it so it can do all of the things it needs to do to continue to recover and uh, fix the body, repair the body. There we go. Um, oh, I, I nerd out in this stuff way too much, Wes. Yeah. Way too much. <laughs> um, and I agree, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. Yes, 100%. Um, early morning close. Tom, like, I find that, honestly, you get up and you're tired. You're like, yeah, whatever. For me, it's the easiest time to do a cold plunge because it's like, I'm you know, well, let's just get this done and get it over with. Whereas at the end of the day, for me or something like that, I'm like, uh -uh, I don't want to get in that damn thing. Or, you know, I don't have a plunge, but like take a cold shower. I, I Yeah, for me, it's just my my mental state is it's much easier to start suffering first thing in the morning than it is towards the end of the day. So, yeah. And what's interesting is it, it's such a stimulant, the cold plunge or a cold shower. So it's like you would think about that, like, honestly, 
probably any time after dinner time is a, not a great time unless it's just the time that you have to do it, right? And then it's okay. But like that hour or that 30 minutes before bedtime, take a hot bath because what has to happen is your body has to cool itself off. And as it starts to cool itself off and you're about to get into bed, your body temperature is going to drop like a degree or two anyway when you go to sleep. So it's a hormonal process starts and then you just finish it off by going to sleep. And that's why a hot bath or hot shower at the end of the night, right before sleep can be beneficial to kind of help you get into some of that nice quality sleep. Again, sorry, too much information. That's right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, quick to talk. I want to talk about these two Italian. Oh, yeah, beauties, yeah. Uh, I was about to me. say, you got some beaters. Yeah, some beaters are back here. Um, we are actually, it's pretty cool. Um, so my good friend Lance Bach, who is, uh, speaking of being comfortable, being uncomfortable, Lance is a former Navy SEAL commander. Um, so he spent a lot of time being uncomfortable <laughs> and, uh, he ain't more, more manly than us. Yeah. All day. Like his, like his, his first 15 minutes of his day is more manly than I will ever be. <laughs> Whatever happens. So, um, but those are both his bikes and, he, and one's a 20 one and the other one's a 23 and he is got the 23 he's taking all of his cool not all of but a lot of cool stuff off the 21 onto the 23 and then he's gonna make it nice and cool and guys and whatever so the 21 guys is for sale um it's got all it's coming with olin's front and rear which is crazy i mean like nutty it's lowered a little bit. Is, did, did he put that on or did it come stock like that in 21 no uh the person before him put it on Oh, okay. So, cool. Yeah, the uh, person before him put Olin's uh, front and rear. It's got uh, all kinds of cool guy stuff that's not coming off, and um, he's gonna sell that. And then the cool part is, I've got Richard Cologne coming in to do the work. And if you if you guys know who Morgan Tanky is, she was a factory beta racer. Richard is her husband, <clears throat> and right, right. Uh, he was a factory beta mechanic really for the Endurocross team and for Morgan uh, while she was racing. So. Um, super stoked. Uh, he's going to come in and actually do all that work for us because we're preparing for Zach, who is now we have a date. He is leaving us for the National Guard. Not forever. Right. I mean, he'll be back uh, September 11th. So, Oh, man. What a day to leave on, for the National Guard. I know. I'm like, uh, yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, like my life is about to get really, really nutty um, here very, very soon. It's going to be yeah and you should have you should have prepped that like i might have been able to come in and take zach's place like in this call this move to colorado that we're hoping for two years could have just happened this year well let's like, do it just make it happen it's, like it's a little late now like we're closing <laughs> on a house in north texas so you don't have to you could just drive away <laughs> yeah i don't need that earnest money <laughs> <laughs> and cammy yeah we told i'm sure you would trade for kawasaki Oh my gosh. Cammy has a KX250 in here. One of two KX250s that don't run. Um, and uh, and one of, I don't know, a giant pile of KX250Fs that don't run, don't run in the world. Um, quick note, if you're buying a new four-stroke, my personal belief is don't buy a KX. Uh, Garrett Anderson is going to be on here. I don't know if he's watching, but He's gonna, he's gonna like, he's gonna throw a fit um, because he literally just bought a KX250 for his kid, and uh, I told him I was like, dude, I don't know, man, those things are fragile little animals, like so fragile. If you, yeah, if you breathe on them wrong or do it, like it is terrible. Like if your maintenance schedule is not absolutely perfect, your KX will blow up. I guarantee freaking do it. Well, I think that Garrett's KX250 sounds like you're just about to have a lot more video content. I know for the schlogs. Like, I mean, that's so you're probably you should be more excited for him than uh, yeah. Than you sound. Like I said, that, this is actually such a conflict in my soul <laughs> when things blow up, right? Because like I'm like, ah, oh, I feel bad for you, but like, yay! Because <laughs> but bring it in. I, not only. Do I get to make content? I get to make money. I get like all those things. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Kawasaki's man. And that's been that way since they started building four strokes, in my opinion, like 
when do they start that? Oh, well, it's, the KX has really got good, like good as in, you know, fast, all that, like at 08, 07. Oh my gosh, I've seen more crankshafts in the open air, like in the the world, not where they're supposed to be. It's they're That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they're not good. Yeah. There's good talk about those SRs though, because you know, now everybody's kind of making their factory edition and their special race, I think is what the SR stands yeah, for, something special, like that. Like yeah. that has got good, you know, pretty decent reviews for what it is and stuff like that. Well, it's a um, great but bike. yeah, like it's a, and we have a customer with one and he got a smoking deal on it. Like, cause, um, Davis, our big dealer here, um, they're a five line dealer. Is that right? Anyway, they, everybody, they sell everybody and, um, they don't sell a lot of Kawasaki's and they don't sell a lot of Suzuki's surprise, surprise. Um, so mm-hmm. they had one of those SRs and so they made this guy a good deal and he absolutely loves it. Like he loves it. And the thing it's, crazy fast it's all the things it's, it's a great bike right um and i and cowies are great bikes the problem is if you know the air filter gets cockeyed once or you know you don't change mm. your oil down to the minute it, it they will come apart on you like it's nuts so is it as bad or worse than a tm <laughs> where you need 10 10 mechanics to make sure it stays running i don't know High like, quality but the quality comes at a performance cost. <laughs> I think, I, well, I think that is basically like it. I, and I don't know. I haven't spent nearly enough time around TMs. The good thing about a Kawasaki is you can buy parts for it, right? The oh, okay. Well, there you go. Problem with a TM is when it blows up, you're like, uh, I have this anchor now. <laughs> that I can't get parts. For. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've never, I have not been a fan since they quit making two strokes and, yeah, Cammy. Well, like you said she's got a little sad emoji. She knows, like, <laughs> it's 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 a thing. They are not awesome. So yeah, whatever. Well, I, I'd love to get um, I'd love to get on the the XC or XCW train wa- you know, bandwagon. But man, like, I love my Sherco. But honestly, like, now that I've been like considering like trying to follow the National Enduro Series next year, like that's that's kind of like my. Like the big goal in two years is to get to Colorado. Like that's yeah. what we're saving for. But like, and so once we get in this house, like we're going to do like about a month or two, like what do the bills look like and stuff like that? And then like, okay, what can saving now truly look like? You know what I mean? Like I'm going to have like a little fund that's trying to go follow the national enduro series next year. Cause I think that could be some fun content. Like again, all of this training stuff that we're talking about, like the recovery, the hydration, the nutrition, like I want to talk about that but from a true at the races perspective, not just because I feel like a lot of people don't think that I'm a racer, right? But I am. I just haven't followed a series in a long time. And I feel like that would be super fun. I've never had a chance to do those. I can stop bitching and complaining that the National Enduros aren't technical enough because now I can go do them and I can prove that they are and or are not, right? Like whatever, whatever. Um, but I got to figure But I think that like if I can do that, if I can find a 350. So again, like the gas, gas, fun, fun. Like to your point about parts, I could find somebody that could do my suspension local so I don't have to ship it, like all those kinds of things. I think that could be bitching, dude. But man, it just sucks to say that I might not get a Sherco. Like, I'm like, but then, like, I don't know. Like, it just, I just, I would love a Sherco 300, like the four stroke for this. Yeah. I would. But then, like, you try to change the oil. There's not a, there's not a local, I don't know, whatever. There's not a local, like, I gotta, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm, it's breaking my heart here, Morgan. Breaking my heart. <laughs> You'll be all right. The sure can't can can be over there by themselves. What like so? My question, and this is uh, oh, so this is a big good one. Bruce Bruce Kennedy, who's watching, he'll love this. So, um, I've I really like betas, right? I've I've been having a lot of fun when I ride them. I feel like they're good bikes. Um, I probably maybe my next new bike will be a beta. We'll see. I don't know. Um, but, but a huge, but, uh, went to Washington and I haven't talked about this cause I didn't want to beat up on my buddy, Dan North who's the new beta dealer up there and who I was riding with, but now I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so <laughs> go on <laughs> his, his partner, coworker, whatever in true North, uh, Cal, I forget Cal's last name. Anyway, 
literally got a brand new 390 beta, which everybody loves those bikes, right? They love this. The same as the 350 idea, you know, um, and right. it, people love them, right? They just freaking love them. So he was like, screw it. I'm getting a new bike like two days before that ride up in, you know, the ride the world. So he pulls a brand new one off the showroom. It's no hours, no minutes, brand new, fires it up, make sure everything's good, puts some guards on it. All right, let's go. It didn't finish the first day before it had to be towed out. Oh. So I'm like, as cool as they are, and I'm sure Beta's going to take care of it and all that, like, first day day first ride in the Gifford Pinchot National Forest in the Pacific Northwest the Cascade Mountains the bike has to get towed and I'm like, like what was the did they have they already yeah, torn it down to find the culprit the, the voltage regulator um was overcharging the battery and cooked the battery so it wouldn't start and it yeah like I mean hopefully it's not a you know I don't know I haven't talked to him about what you know if they've got it fixed and all that stuff. But yeah, I, uh, I was like, and then another guy who was there, uh, on a 22 or 23, I don't know, a newer beta fouled a plug on a two stroke. I'm like, who does that anymore? Right? Yeah. I haven't fouled a plug in decades. Like what? And he's like, ah, man. Yeah. I found one every now and then. So I'm like, really? That just doesn't seem and ran fine. Like I'm like, does it run good? He's like, oh, it runs great. And so I'm conflicted, right? Like I like these bikes and I like riding them and I want to move away from KTM just to just because everybody's on a KTM. But ah, it's bumming me out. <laughs> Dude, it reminds me like, okay, I just had to replace the Bendix, right? Like I right. started the bike, rode it around the neighborhood, oh, loaded boy. it up. The next day, the Bendix blows up like at the trailhead right and stuff and so that's what led me to have to replace it all that kind of stuff and as i'm going back and thinking through this and stuff it's just it is insane that there isn't kickstarter uh, you know kits anymore like even like sure you want to sell it without the kickstarter whatever whatever like but the like what ktm did where they had the kit that you could buy to put it on there like holy shit like that needs to be the adapter right like what like what YZ's doing, they still have just a Kickstarter, no electric start, right? There's the couple different companies that are making electric starters for those YZ's. Like, yeah. holy shit. Like, we need aftermarket companies making Kickstarter kits for all of these bikes. Like, I, I street bikes, sure, whatever. Like, you're going to have insurance. You can come and get somebody to come tow you. You're probably not going to be out in the middle of nowhere. We're going to be out in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah period like that is what is going to happen and it's like for us to not have the ability to kickstart a motorcycle does seem absolutely ridiculous and then let's say it too what sherco did up until 19 with the power button that the bike couldn't even run with it's like worse than not having a kickstarter but still like holy shit like yeah. that's the aftermarket part we need yeah the manufacturers aren't going to make it well the problem is that i mean so that's the one you know plus one for beta because you can still buy a, a Kickstarter. It's, okay. Uh, in fact, that's what one of the things we're doing to the 23 is putting a Kickstarter on it uh, because Lance is not going to ride his dirt bike out in the middle of nowhere without a Kickstarter because he's smart. Smart uh, man. Yeah. Smart man. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the problem with the new, like KTM's, your Shurko, uh, the YZ four strokes, Yamaha four strokes, uh, there's no place on the cases to put it. Like there is no, you'd have to machine new cases to put a Kickstarter because it is, they've removed all the metal, all the space for it. There is nowhere to put a Kickstarter on these new bikes um, without basically re-engineering the motor. So Dang. it is asinine. And uh, Bruce, you know, had the, had the 24 KTM, uh, foul a plug. You shouldn't have to push anything if it just fouls a plug. You should be able to like, you know, take the tank off and and that's the oh so that's a huge. I'll I'll complain about that on KTM. On the new XC XCWs, you cannot will not period ever get the spark plug out without taking the tank off. And on a two stroke, that's pretty annoying. Oh wow, yeah, pretty annoying. Um, and I don't know like 
I don't know why those bikes are found plugs. I still, you know, I haven't ever found a plug on mine. I think, I think people are not, um, warming them up correctly. Now you can't, it's not like a TPI where you can blow it up by not warming it up correctly. Um, like you're going to cold season cause there's not enough oil. I think on the TBI, the initial map, the cold map, like the, the rich map for starting is so rich that guys will get on it and they're trying to clean it out, right? Like an old carbureted bike. And so they don't let it, um, they don't let it, uh, warm up and you don't really have, you know, it's, it is a carb kind of like a carbureted bike as far as you can go bang, 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 bang. cause there's oil and whatever. And it's real rich. The problem is they get, they get on it and they're trying to clean it out and it's so rich and it won't, you can't turn the choke off, right? There's no button to turn the choke off. Like there's a right. cold start okay. thing, but all that does is open up the throttle. So like, right. If you're doing this, it's just dumping a ton of gas into it until it hits some temperature, right? You know, it's because, yeah, it's it's a computer. So it's like until we hit whatever temp, until the water hits whatever temp, I don't know what it is. um, They, you know, then it goes into the its normal fuel map. But until then it's in a crazy rich map. So I think and that's the time period you're saying that like someone would be treating it like they would be cleaning out the carb. Right. And but that's not, not what we want to be doing th- right. yet. Okay, Correct. God, because it won't clean out like, cause there is no, like it's not, it's not a pooled up fuel and oil in the bottom that you're trying to clean out that will then go and clean. It just keeps huh. being rich until it hits a certain temperature. Got it. Cause it's literally the computer at that point. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Crazy. That's yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like, it like everybody's like, Oh, I got to do 24. And they came off of like an O2. You're like, listen, it's yeah. a two stroke, yeah. but it's not a two stroke. <laughs> yeah. This two stroke, this two stroke does calculus. Like you gotta think, just take, take a second. I can't handle calculus. No, 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 please. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there needs to be a, in that case, it's like, should it, should there be like a, a ready light? Do you know what I mean? Like you're starting it up and it's like a yellow and it's telling you like, listen, we're warming up. We're getting to operating temperature. And then it's like green means go. We're like, okay, you're at operating temperature. That would actually not be um, a bad thing. Like that would not be a horrible deal. Like to have, cause I mean, they're already putting all these stupid lights on them anyway. Right. I mean, they got the CAN bus system underneath the seat that's, that's controlling all the electronics, which is, yeah. Maybe, that's a, another topic for another day. Science. Yes. And, uh, um, but they're already doing that. Like, why not put a little LED on the, cause the, the hour meter is now mm-hmm. like a smart hour meter. It, it will, it flashes your code if you have a problem and it tells you fuels almost empty. If it's like, so it wouldn't be a big deal to put a green LED and that, you know, you just don't run it. Like don't take off and hold the thing wide until the thing goes green. Wouldn't be a well, What's the name for the guy that does Taco Moto? I know you you know him pretty well. What's his Mike? name? Mike. Mike? Mike? Okay, there you go. Tell He'll have a, there's an aftermarket park for him to throw out there. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, quick thing, Bruce, the guy was just learning log hopping and just died. That's, yeah, it's a bummer. And I, and, and also, a lot of the new TVIs have been super rich. The 24s, I wouldn't think would be that way. My 23 was rich. I never fouled a plug. I don't know if it's because I, I don't know. I don't ride like real slow. I, I, you know, I I wick the thing open. I kind of clear mine out, clear it out all the time anyway, because I'm just so used to it. I feel like you're saying that to call me out. Like, Uh, you're like, specifically, you're like, I don't ride like Woody, so that's not going to happen. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't ride around like, like as if I was on a Sherco, right? So. Yeah, and Smiley Hanson, you were correct. And this is why the YZ250 is the best two-stroke motorcycle. Speaking of which, did you guys see, I saw a post recently, why Yamaha is making like a 90s YZ250. So it's like the old purple and Mm. pink, like Damon Bradshaw. Oh, my God. It's the sexy white plastic. Sexy, yeah. I saw it on Vital, yep. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ah, It's so pretty. Um, The uh, Let's see. Uh, oh, oh, so Ronnie wants to know about Smart Carb 2. It's funny you should say that. I just ordered a Smart Carb 2 for a customer. He brought me that just to show me what he wanted to get. Um, uh, and so I will let you know. Some people hate it. Some people like it. Here's the thing, Ronnie. 
I will just chime in. So I'm not a big um, metering rod carb guy, not because I don't think that they work and not because I think they're terrible, but because I just don't think you need to spend the money. Like I think you can tune a Kian or even a Makuni uh, to run just fine. Like I don't think that's an issue, but um, the smart carb, if I were going to buy a metering rod carburetor, it would be a smart carb. But here's the thing uh, that I learned from talking to the smart carb guys yesterday as I was ordering that is that it's really important. I learned this often. I kind of half learned this with the guy, a customer uh, who installed his and we were having problems getting it tuned. If you, if, if there's a part of the carb boot that comes from the airbox to the carb that covers any part of that bell of the carburetor, it will run like crap and like flood and do all kinds of stuff. It is just terrible. Like it's not good. But if you can, like on YZs, um, you have to like shave this part of the car boot because it will, it'll overhang. So you have to get a Dremel and shave that out and then it works good. So I'm thinking that is the problem with most of these things is the guys are putting them on and not like, because they think, you know, like they just put it together and, you know, kind of the, the rhetoric is that you buy a smart car, you put it, you put it on, you don't touch it and you just ride from, you know, the Marianas Trench all the way to Everest and you're good to go. You don't have to jet it. <laughs> so, Sounds amazing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so anyway, I think that's, but yeah, I will be talking about that. We're actually taking one off of one of these betas and swapping things. So we'll see. Um, uh, I was going to say that yeah. what's it, another thing that I love about technology and opposed to like smart carbine and stuff. So, Cody Russell, good friend of mine, helps out with a lot of seat time stuff, has a Sherco 2019, and he has had a lot of carburetor jetting things. And I think he either got a smart carb or whatever the other one was and was trying those out, eventually took it off, but then found a cool app by Jet Lab. And so what you can do is you bring up this app. Now, this one is specific to Sherco's. You bring this up and it for it finds your location. It gets the it uses the weather app to figure out the current humidity, current temperature the all of the barometric pressurey things and it tells you where your air screw should be where what jetting you should be what needle you should be what clip you should be and all that kinds of stuff so i was like that is bitching because you could like of the moment right like using technology to help you understand how to fine-tune your carburetor and again that may not be what all of us need. I'm not going to do that, right? But in the long run, if I'm going to Colorado, I could bring up Colorado, Taylor Park, whatever, whatever, and be like, oh, this is what it thinks I need for my jetting up there. And I was like, I like that idea around technology. Yeah, I think that's great. Like having a, I mean, because before that, it was like going on to, um, oh, uh, FMF website had a jetting charts and different charts yeah. and, and then JD like jetting kits. Like I, I always got JD jetting kits when I like got a had a bike that hadn't been to Colorado yet. I just was like, listen, I don't, I don't need to worry about it. I don't not try, I don't need to try to be smarter than these people. Right. Yeah. And uh, JD James <laughs> Dean does a lot of testing, and his his stuff just works. I think Kelsey from RK Tech would, if you if you were here right now, he would be coming unglued for saying anything nice about. J <laughs> JD, because Kelsey thinks that his needles are too lean and and his everything's too lean. But the reality is, if you put those, if you put JD's recipe in your bike, it's gonna run. Like it's not gonna foul plugs. And maybe it's not perfect, right? And maybe it could make a little more power, like whatever. But it's just they work, you know, and it makes life yep. easy. Um, we all know I'm not a performance racer or rider. Listen, I want to get from point A to point B and I don't want the sure can't to like, you yeah. know, sure can't blow up. So yes. <laughs> the, uh, uh, hold on. Let's see. I, Ryan, I should buy a new YZ250. It ain't going to happen. I just bought my mechanic of XC. I do love that idea though. I do yeah. love that idea. That's I want some video do. content right there, buddy. I have. Well, and the thing is I have a YZ, my kid's YZ250. It's not new because it doesn't need to be. That's the cool thing about YZs, right? I mean, his is a 16. It's the same as a new one. <laughs> so um, I should do some more testing on it. Actually, I gotta get that kit. So if you guys have ever wondered why in all my social media, it's always my younger boy and rarely my older boy, it's because my older kid just doesn't want to be on social media. Like he's not into it. Like 
So that's why. It's not because I love my younger boy more. <laughs> um, it's because Thomas, Let's, Come on. Come on. <laughs> Thomas is just not into it. So, um, And Bruce, yes, a Suron does not need uh, jetting. Wait. Okay. I got to go, but I have to know. Did you buy the Suron or did they reach out to you? No. they No. The, um, a friend, customer brought that down for me to work on, and he's going to bring it down for me to do more stuff. And I'm trying, we are trying, because he actually knows the CEO of Suron. He's trying to get me one of the Storm Bees, um, which is their full-size, yeah. wicked, nasty badass. So hopefully, 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 we're going to get a Suron here to like actually beat on. So Travis Brock, it. what's happening, well, man? Dude, that's the thing, like... That is anytime I have a conversation on the Seat Time podcast, which I'm recording tonight with John Short, um, and we're going to have some really cool training uh, conversations, is how excited I am for electric motorcycles. I think it can just bring so many people to our sport that will eventually get on a acoustic dirt bike. Yeah, I said it. Acoustic versus electric, whatever. And it just <laughs> blows. And so, and I think Dude, that I this Thuron is the is the connective tissue because what you're seeing is all the mountain bikers getting surons that is that have never ridden a dirt bike that is just bringing them over to our sport and vice versa guys are going to be getting e-mountain bikes and stuff and all of a sudden they're going to be like hey i want to go try this or whatever maybe they're going to get a road bike whatever whatever and that that and so that's why i'm so excited for things like tarots things like surons and what's going to happen with the ktm 50e and stuff like that like so I'm super stoked on this, and I think it's going to be awesome. And I just love everything two wheels. And so I just wish people would be a little less negative on all this stuff because all it's doing is bringing more eyes to the entire platform of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And I like because I, I I said in that short video, I was like, let's not make this about you know gas bike versus electric bike. I don't want to like talk about like, yeah. Oh well, yeah. This doesn't go as far. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. This doesn't go as far. Yeah. Like that's it's what not I, trying to be a KTM 300 XC. Right. So stop trying to think that that's what they want to do. Yeah. Like, this like, is this thing, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a very different sport, right? It's a completely different sport while being the same sport, right? It's it's uh yeah. it's it's super cool. I I mean, obviously, there's things that are weird. You know, you don't have a clutch, and that's weird, right? And to someone who's used to using a clutch, you know, I can't. I'm like, ah, I don't know how much throttle to give it because I can't, I can't cut, I can't pull, you know, power with my left fingers if I give it too much throttle. So you got to be really careful. And uh, it's just a, it's a cool thing. And that Ultra B, I think the Ultra B might end up being like the coolest one because the Light B is the one that everybody had, like the little bitty one. Right. And now the Ultra B and the Storm B are here, and the Ultra B is kind of the in-between. And I think it might be, like, the best one. Because the Storm B is going to be a – it's going to be trying to be a KTM 300, right? Like, it's going to be – Right. It's a full-size bike. It's 280 pounds. It's all these things. Um, so, I don't know if that's going to compete well. But the Ultra B is cool because it's, like – big enough to be a dirt bike like you know and like feel like oh this is this is a dirt bike but yeah. still small enough light enough to be like entry level right like a a young person a small person someone but you know, whatever and yeah dad's and they're going on on about chinese and all that stuff i get it like i don't love the chinese nation <laughs> i don't love their politics but the reality is those bikes are cool. Like that's all there is to it. It's freaking cool to ride. Yeah. And I'm totally I really want to ride that. it. Uh, like I really want to get it out. And Matt, the guy that owns that ultra B is definitely going to let me ride it, ride it. Like he's actually bringing it back down. We're doing, uh, we're actually doing the thing that I don't want to do. Um, because <laughs> Matt, the owner is a more of a mountain biker and we're switching the brakes to mountain bike brakes. Like we're, flopping them to the front brake will be the left and the back brake will be the right and i don't love you know, what's that crazy much. is that i i i keep my mountain bike brakes the way they come on a mountain bike and i ride my dirt bike the way they come like my front brakes on the left on my mountain bike and i'd have no issues like my dad would always swap them and as i was growing up he did that for me but when i started doing my own mountain biking thing after the fact like 
I never switch them and I never have issues. I don't know why I, it matters or doesn't matter. It's weird. Yeah. And that's some, I disagree about destroying dirt bikes. I don't. Yeah, that is unfortunately the wrong way to think about this and, because someone might get one of these and then get introduced to dirt bikes and then they're going to go buy a dirt bike. Cause at this point they obviously have disposable income. Um, yeah. And if this is the first thing that got them on two wheels, maybe they didn't never had a mountain bike. Maybe they never had a dirt bike. Maybe they never even knew. They just saw this thing on Instagram and all of a sudden they're walking into a power sports dealer. What is it? David, uh, David's center there in Montrose or whatever, like Davis, yeah. they would have never done that if they hadn't have picked one of these up. So you have to, you can't have such a closed minded perspective on that. This is going to close off to dirt bikes where the reality is it's the possibility if marketed correctly from everybody else is going to only open this up to more people on more types of two wheeled sports. Right. And I actually talked to, it's pretty, this is interesting. I have a friend who works for the big Toyota dealer here and uh, he went to the big Toyota um, like national meeting. And um, it's interesting because, you know, Toyota has been pretty, um, they've been pushing back uh, pretty hard against EVs. Like, they, they have, you know, the Prius and stuff like that, but they're not like, they're, they haven't announced like by 2035, no more gas power, like whatever. They're like, no, we're going to continue making gas power stuff. And in that meeting, they had a big talk about like with people from around the industry that th people are realizing the EVs, whether they be two wheeled or four wheeled, are here to stay. Like, right. They're not going anywhere. But they're also not the future. Like, that's not the end all. Like, I think people thought that was going to be the future. They thought that it was going to be like, you know, we're going to get rid of all gas power and all this stuff. But what the real industry is realizing is that that's not going to happen. It can't happen, right? We can't produce enough electricity to charge all that crap. I mean, it's... Right. We're not so, there yet. We're just, so, and that's okay. Like, yeah, that's whatever. fine. So that's not the thing. Like, they're here to stay. And the... Um, the uh, the gas things are just going to get more efficient, right? And like be better. It like the, I think the whole motorsports, power sports, whatever industry is starting to realize that while EVs are cool and they're going to be here forever and they have their place, it's not the end of gas powered by any means. Like like yeah. I don't think that's I don't think that I yeah, I disagree with uh, Dad's son on this. I do agree about the China thing, but like dude. Almost everything you own or do, like what you're watching this on was made in China. Like, um, Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's such a selective viewpoint. And that's unfortunate. And it is what it is. And I'll just say this because I do have to get ready for a meeting here. Yeah. Like, you, no one can ever say I am right, right? Because no. you, you are then, that is an absolute. And there truly are no absolutes. There are no black and whites in this world. There is a spectrum when it comes to everything. And the best way to take a step back and distance yourself from anything when you have that vantage point is, what if I am wrong? And ask yourself that question and dig in, be like, okay, if my opinion or my thoughts are wrong, what are what is everybody else seeing that I'm not? And then you can start to actually have a wider viewpoint of a way to, cause you don't, it's not, it's not about change, it's about growth. And there is a vast difference when it comes to that because growth allows you to take everything that you have, all of the experiences throughout your life and still use those as you move forward. Change is an absolute. I was doing this one day and now I'm doing this the next day. And that's one of the hardest things to think about. Just think about an alcoholic. I'm drinking one day and I'm not drinking the next day. And how hard is it for them? But when they go through a mindset shift of why they're not drinking and they've distanced themselves from that, they can look back and realize that they've taken all of that experience with them. And that's why some of them still refer to themselves as alcoholics. So I just had to do that. But Morgan, as always, I super appreciate the time. You're an amazing human. I love that you just keep these people rocking and rolling with the gospel of two wheels. And I just really appreciate the time. So thank you for having me, my man. Thank you for being here, guys. We will keep on rolling here for a bit. Uh, Woody, I love you. Have a great day. Can't wait for you to get moved and all settled down so we can get back to having fun. Oh, and Nate Delaney did ask when the date of the death march is. It's September 9th. Uh, so if you are wanting to come suffer along with us, getting comfortable being uncomfortable, the death march is a perfect opportunity for that. And that is, oh, you are 110% correct. <laughs> Y'all get out there and enjoy the death march, and hopefully I can make it back to Colorado for y'all soon. Bye. Right, man. Peace out.
All right, guys. Thank you so much, Woody. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to continue to argue about China and EVs. Um, the thing is, they're freaking cool. <laughs> like, it will never replace, ever, ever, ever replace uh, my gas-powered bike. But if I could have a race in my pasture and not bother anyone with like six of those things ripping around or think about the outlaw stuff you could do. Cause I've been like, let's be honest. I'm, I, I don't always follow the rules. Um, the, uh, like being able to sneak around and do stuff is yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, and again, I mean, I get, I hear all the things, um, and dad son quickly, if you want to avoid all Chinese, you can do it. I just move out to the country, live off the land, and be off grid. So there's a way to do it if you really want to do it. So <laughs> um, the um, the so Travis Brock the Death March. Let's talk about the Death March. Um, so and uh, and by the way, Travis, loving the uh, Talon hybrid so far. Uh, I've only got a little bit of time on it, but I did. I've I've been really really liking the way it hooks up. Um, so, uh, Death March is our annual beatdown that we do up around Taylor Park. Uh, it is a round 200 mile day. Last year was more like 160, 170, but we're going to bump that back up and try to get to um, the. Uh, 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 what am I trying to say? We're going to bump it and try to get it back up to 200 miles uh, because that is the key. Uh, we're trying to keep that thing around 200 miles and make it really hard. And we camp out up near Spring Creek Reservoir, and then we um, ride all the hard trails in Taylor Park, and it's awesome. And I'm not riding a 650 for the Death March, Karen Anderson. I don't know. I keep saying I'm not, but maybe I will. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't tell you I would for sure. If someone else would do it, I might. I'm terrified of that bike. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I do want to do I want to be that good maybe if i can get in good enough shape um if i ever get financially ahead i want to come out and visit my dirt uh with my dirt but yes gordon you should um it is very expensive to come out here and travel and all that stuff but i'd love to have you um sounds miserable i like it yes it's yes tom bean is 200 miles the same day it's uh i'll give you the quick rundown of the if you know the taylor park area so we start at the um uh Spring Creek Reservoir, basically close there. Then we go down, we ride Rosebud. Well, we ride Rosebud, Roaring Judy, up over to um, Jack's Cabin. Then we ride the road over to One Mile Campground, up out of One Mile Campground, up over to Beaver McIntyre, Beaver McIntyre to Fossil Ridge. Fossil Ridge, up and over down to Gold Creek Campground, where they found dead people recently. Uh, and then from Gold Creek Campground, we ride up to Gold Creek Trail, over and come back down into Union Park, Union Park to Taylor Park, Taylor Park to Gas. Gas, we go to uh, up to Tin Cup. We ride all of Timberline, the whole thing. Zhik, and uh, come out at Pie Plant, come down, go over, go over to Star Trail, up Star Trail, over to Italian Connector, Italian Connector, back down to Camp. Then we go from Camp, we go back up to, let's see, I gotta make sure I get this right. Uh, at that point, yeah, at that point, we go back up uh, Dead Man's. Well, yeah, back up Dead Man's over to Reno Ridge, down to uh, Cement Creek, Cement Creek up to uh, Mount Tilton Trail, Mount Tilton Trail up and over to um, uh, Star Pass, Star Pass. We take, uh, now this is where we got to add some, some mileage, but I think what we're going to do this time is go East Brush, up and over Block and Tackle, then up and over Waterfall, um, yeah, waterfall to double top, then double top all the way down to wall rod, wall rod down, back up the wrong way on um, Dead Man's. It's up the switchbacks. You're supposed to only go down, but it's actually not a law. It's just a recommendation, and we'll take it easy. Go up Dead Man's, over, and then back to camp. It's a long way. Um, the, dude, they think those dead people were there before last year's death march. I know, Garrett. They were there a long time. I'm surprised we didn't see it. Um, oh yeah, guys, if you're watching this, which there's quite a few of you watching back out of the chat, hit the thumbs up and then come back in. Um, you bring your 450. Ooh, I know. Uh, Nate, 
uh, Looney, if you ride a 650, I'll ride a 650. I shouldn't have said that. Um, but uh, I'll bring my T7 if you bring the 650. Dude, Travis, if you... Okay, okay, 100%. If Travis, from every single Sunday, brings his T7 for the Death March, I will 100%, I guarantee, I will ride the XR650. Done. If you... Man, I am down for that and i i mean i know it can be done so i'm not i'm not saying you can't do it i am saying it will be a hell of a thing um the uh, bryce davis hopefully you can make it this year uh do not hurt yourself please um that's a silly thing to do <laughs> um dude travis i love it um like i said september 9th and just so you know it's the second weekend in september every um year so that because it lands on close to my birthday and it's a lot of fun. So, all right, guys, it's 8.30. I better boogie because I do need a cup of coffee because I didn't get one because I was rushing out of the house, and that is not a good day for Morgan. I love you guys so much. I really, 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 really hope that you get out and spread the gospel of two wheels. Punk Rock Club, you are my favorite. You always have been, always will be. I love you so much. And, uh, yeah, Travis, let's do it, man. It's going <laughs> to It's gonna suck. Riding those bikes. Uh, J-Lo, September 9th. Um, all right, I got our boogie. I hope that what we're doing here at Highland Cycles is inspiring you guys to work on, but way, way, way more importantly, get out and ride your dirt bikes! <laughs>